Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this time together is called The Session. We're going to jump into something I thought was appropriate with the school year starting. Sleep is a big deal. Yes. And I know my daughter right now is working with our 16-year-old granddaughter on getting her back on the sleep schedule for school. Right. Which means she gets an argument every night, which usually includes the teenage eye roll. Oh. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and then I hear a whole bunch of jumping around in the bedroom while she works out the rest of whatever excess energy she had. <laughs> so we're going to talk about teens and the importance of a sleep schedule, a proper sleep schedule today on the session. And we've got some different information from some different sources we want to talk through. And hopefully maybe we can get to some practical uh, down-to-earth, how's this going to work, you know, for my 14-year-old kind of a thing. Yeah. But uh, before we dive in, Tom, let's go to God's Word. And Scott, out of Psalm 4.8, In peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone. Lord, make me dwell in safety. Praise Lord. In peace. In I peace. Will. So that suggests that we might have to do something about clearing our minds because i think most often that's where the issue really lies is in what are we thinking when we're trying to go to sleep what we think produces feelings and of course if it's something that's stressful and uncomfortable you likely could release things like more of my friends yes you're (laughs) (laughs) this one's maybe a little bit easier adrenaline okay Paradrenaline. It's almost like some of the things that the body would experience as you're going into shock. So it's like a caffeine hit almost, I think, Scott, to the system. So Hard to sleep if you're going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what we think and what we do there, saying if we have peace when we lay down, there's a great chance we're going to sleep. Which is probably the first practical tip. It's something I do. If I find I can't shut my brain off, Mm-hmm. It's usually over something that I'm yeah. trying to. Okay, I got to remember I'm recording with Tom tomorrow. You got to remember I got to do this. <laughs> <That's> traumatic. <laughs> so I open up. I, I my phone's right there because my yeah. alarm is right there. So I open it up. I put that on my calendar. I put it down, and then I'll, my brain can shut down. That's right, and you, it goes away. So there, there's practical tip number one, and we haven't even started yet. Yeah, how about so that? There we go. Well, yeah, great start. All right. So first, we turn to healthday.com. Yes, Scott, where studies show if you can get teens to go to bed earlier, they will increase their time asleep by 41 minutes for each additional hour in bed. So I guess that's an average. Okay. An extra 40 minutes? Yeah. I'll take that. Oh, yeah. I had that at my desk the other day. (laughs) 
I usually get that on my way to work in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. My office manager came in and said, Oh, apparently you're napping. I said, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. is, and the key is getting into bed earlier. Absolutely. Now, we've had some go around about this next thing here from UC Davis Health and trying to understand. They've got an awful lot of. Um, mumbo jumbo and back and forth in the description of this study and it sounds like a double negative coming out yeah so i'll, I'll let you handle director ian campbell and what uh, he said well scott thank you <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna lose sleep over that that's right dr ian campbell said as children enter adolescence changes in sleep and circadian rhythm make it easy for teens to stay awake longer at night so He's basically saying if you change your sleep patterns and rhythms, then you're inviting staying up later and your body doesn't catch up with you. Okay. So less sleep results in daytime sleepiness, poor school performance, and behavioral and mental health issues. I think right there, if we impact that much, we're going to help somebody out there, Scott. When we talk about daytime sleepiness... Well, and when you talk about mental health issues, I've said before, there's a real direct parallel between depression and sleep deprivation. When you feel like you haven't slept, you can be groggy, you can be lethargic. One of the uh, symptoms of depression is the lethargic feelings. So the two could very well be related. They, they could be, yeah. But if there's no uh, specific thing that maybe is depressing you, but, oh, yeah, I went to bed at 1 a.m. last night, well, now there's a great indicator. Okay. So yeah. maybe all you really need is a nice hour power nap. Well, yeah. <laughs> For us, at our age, <laughs> or stage of life better. At, at our stage of life, that's yes. what, Which is better. <laughs> That's probably true for us, but what does that mean for a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old if they get an extra hour during the day? I mean, you know, the power nap we would take would be probably during the day for us because we can't. Right. But for them, what does, you know, what does that mean to them? I'm not so sure that they're going to slow down during the day. So if I'm understanding what, what Dr. Campbell is saying here is keep the schedule close to the same all the time yeah don't don't take the summer off right yeah and he'll talk about that in, in a couple of minutes too but it also impacts school performance lack of sleep i mean th that makes sense but it's kind of nice just to process it and get it out there be, as a focus right it, it's school performance well how can you effectively retrieve information if you've been sleep deprived and it's like there's a cloud over your brain and you're trying to draw information out of it and no wonder it has an impact on school performance exactly yeah so we're talking about the importance of teens and having a proper sleep schedule today on the session and next we want to turn to dr sanjeev kothar <laughs> chief of pediatric I mean, it's as close as i'm gonna get <laughs> chief of pediatric neurology at cohen's children's medical center in new hyde park new york and uh, Dr. Kothar says that 90% of the time, and I want you to unpack this, it's not okay. only biological, but environmental. Well, so basically he's, he's saying that it's just not one issue, that there's biological reasons potentially, but more so it's likely environmental. What kind of management are we having of our teens and sleep? 
I am so impressed with the families who at a young age, when they first start out allowing their child to have a cell phone, that that cell phone is turned in, say, at 9.30 or whatever appropriate time, and they don't take it to bed with them. I think an interesting study there could be when they are allowed to take their cell phones to bed, how much average sleep do they get versus those who don't have their cell phone with them in bed? And primarily, I think that's where some of the teen culture really hits hard is when we're sound asleep and they are in some chat or on with uh, some social media and, and total chaos could break out for them and, and we're sleeping through it. So that's why they talk about environmental. What's the circumstances around the house that, okay. that makes it easy? And if it's not a good home environment to begin with, if mom and dad are yelling at each other at two o'clock in the morning, dad's got the ball yeah. game turned up because he's a Browns fan, <laughs> you know, and and then of course the the accompanying yelling that goes with right. having the game turned up, you know, you, you've got all those things into consideration too. I want to go back to this thing, Tom, that you mentioned about turning in the cell phones. Right. So the idea here, I guess, is that you have one place in the kitchen and there's a little wicker basket. Right. Everybody puts their phone in there at nine o'clock every night. Right. Now they're going to start screaming, yeah, but when, how do I charge my phone? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you put up an extension cord with a little multi-strip thing right there on the counter. Everybody puts their phones in the, in the basket and then their chargers run out and did, 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 Yeah. There we are. Okay. Yeah. Because when we do that, then then we're taking out of the realm of possibilities that at 1 a.m. they're going to be in some social media and we're not aware. And let's face it, social media with teenagers today, with, with TikTok, and I'm just going to say this right now, if you keep your kids off TikTok yes, and keep yourself off it, there's, I see no redeeming kingdom value of TikTok. Yeah. That is my opinion. You want to argue with me? Scott at risefmohio.com. I'll be happy to have the argument. Uh-huh. And the Chinese Communist Party doesn't need any more information about us. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I'd better, I'd better stop. Oh, that's a All hot right. spot there. <laughs> okay. Right. So another thing that Dr. Sanjeev Kothar says that the circadian shift happens in adolescence, but... All the electronics and social media and technology keep teens occupied. We've kind of just talked about that, how right. under the covers, mm-hmm. you know, they're still listening, watching YouTube videos. Yeah. To, until three in the morning. So there's something else that you have mentioned in the past. As kids get older, you want to give them, you're trying to teach them how to survive in the world right. when you release them. So what you have advocated in the past is this idea of, as they get older, you give them a little bit more freedom, a little bit more freedom, and a little bit more freedom. But what happens now when they abuse that freedom or they fail at that freedom? Right. There have to be consequences to those freedoms as well. That's true. And tightly connected to freedom is the word responsibility. They tend to go together. One way you measure uh, their freedom is with how responsible are they. The more responsible they are, the likelihood is the more freedom they can have. But we take the word responsibility and we break it down into its parts. Uh, it's a compound word. I think that goes way back. <laughs> You're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> so it's the word uh, response and ability. 
if you look at a person's ability, a teen's ability to respond, the better that gets, the safer that gets, the more mom and dad can trust that ability for the teen to respond, the more freedom they get. And I've asked, you know, parents on a regular basis. So you're going to wait, and if I'm hearing you right, you're telling me you're going to wait until your child is maybe four to six hours or a day and a half away at college for them to have freedom and let them own their own lives. How are you going to be able to help them if something goes wrong and they haven't been taught? When would you prefer to teach them? When they're six hours away or when they're under your roof as a sophomore and a junior or a freshman, sophomore, junior year? Or even sooner, depending on the, on the responsibility. Yeah. You know, usually that only gets tied to, um, to driving. Uh-huh. I, I hear that whole responsibility thing with driving a lot. But, you know, in today's world with our kids, it's just as important with cell phones, social media, uh-huh. any of their relationships. I mean, I still remember my parents having conversations with me about, are you running around with the right people? You know, yeah. maybe you shouldn't run around with that kid at the other end of the street. You know, he, he doesn't have a good reputation. He's not a good boy. I said, well, you're right, and, and he does tend to like to push me around, so you're right. I'll stay away from him. Well, and that's probably a measurement of what kind of relationship or a reflection of what kind of relationship the parent-child has. For you, you if you trusted your parents and thought they had your best interests at heart, you probably wouldn't mess with them. With the relationship I had with my parents, if they said, stay away from that individual, that was the first person I went to. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, how often do we see that with our kids, too? Right. The minute you tell a teenager, don't, that's the first thing they do. Yeah. And yeah. isn't it wonderful? I think the important point is, let's have a trusting enough relationship right. that we know that they are trying to say that. And they're not just trying to be controlling. And that kind of goes back to... Uh, what we were talking about uh, last week with the daddy-daughter date. Yeah. You know, build that relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. You can see it, listen to it on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. All right, so now we turn, Tom, as we continue this chat about teens and sleep, to some information from Focus on the Family. Right. I thought it was very practical, Scott, what they had to say concerning teens and sleep. Just how much is adequate sleep? It varies from person to person, which is true. Their body chemistry, how in shape are they, plays into an important part of it. But research suggests that the average teen needs somewhere between eight and a half to nine and a quarter hours of sleep each night. Unfortunately, only about 15%, 15% of them are getting that much. About one-fourth of the teen population gets 6.5 hours of sleep or less. So now we wonder why they're really not part of an active society during the day is because they're running on six and a half hours of sleep. You know, if those hours were, like it said, 8.5, if you were talking about a a car that had eight cylinders and you're trying to run it on six cylinders, let me know how that goes. That never ends well. (laughs) That never ends well. And so they're not performing. It was six hours and they need eight, they're not performing at the top of their game. Wait, and how many nights do I remember? I'd stay up after 11, and if I made it till, if I made it till midnight doing homework, uh-huh. I was like, whoa, 
I want to look out the window and see what's going on in the world. I'm never up this late. Yeah. And I paid for it when the alarm went off at six and my mom Uh, come in and said, come on, time to get up. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, but I also remember my mom sending me to bed when I was younger and the sun was still up. Uh Uh-huh. And that was hard. Oh, sure. I would think so. I can hear my friends playing. Oh, yeah. And I'm in bed and the sun's up and I'm Uh, like, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So more from Focus on the Family, Tom. Yeah. So Focus on Family also reports it should come as no surprise that inadequate sleep could hurt a student academic performance. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of your duh moment right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think without question. So drowsiness at school is linked to lower grades, and sleepiness can lead to more tragic results when a teenager is behind the wheel. That's what's really scary. Yes. Because we both are out there on the road. Young drivers under the age of 25 are involved in more than half of the 100,000 automobile crashes every year directly related to fatigue, lapses in attention, and delayed response time associated with drowsiness. So they're saying, too, you're not able to respond as quickly when you're drowsy. You're not as sharp and your reflexes are not as good. I remember a a reaction test we had in driver's ed. Uh Back then, we had driver's ed was actually a class in school. Yeah, me too. And we had a a reaction time test. Yeah. And you had to get from the gas pedal to the brake pedal in a certain amount of time. Right. Or you had to keep doing it until you got it and understood. Right. And it took me a few. Well, and we had that same test. It was actually in a little simulator in our room. Yeah. Steering wheel, seat, you know, the the gas pedal and the brake. Well, we would put our feet at a 90 degree angle. Right. W- horizontal. So as soon as he said, we set some records. <laughs> <laughs> the teacher's like, how do you guys do that? <laughs> See, I was never that smart. I was actually on the gas pedal like I thought I would be. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to pull up and go down. And that, that's what led to my, I'm sure. Yeah. Led to my issues. Definitely. The whole idea of... The accidents, don't young drivers have enough challenges already without giving them a half asleep issue? Yeah, you, you get that. And, and a lot of times those wrecks happen because they've got friends in the car and they're trying to impress them. Yeah. You know, and a lot of parents don't let their kids drive with anybody. You have to be alone. No yeah. girlfriend, no boyfriend, no friend. That was not the case with me. I was the Crumbaugh Pike taxi service for getting everybody to scott county senior high okay you were, would follow the straight and narrow once i started driving my sister was in the car backed out we went down and we picked up two kids here three kids there and off we went wow i i had a car full but i also had a car about the size of massachusetts <laughs> <laughs> so 69 pontiac catalina that thing was yeah. a tank that, that was one of those cars you could put six teenagers in the trunk and sneak into a drive-in movie and nobody'd know. <laughs> yeah, my first car was a 64 Pontiac Catalina. Oh, they were amazing vehicles. Yes, it came with binoculars to see over the hood. <laughs> and that wonderful little AM radio, uh, yeah. AM, FM radio that you had to turn the dial. Uh, yes. You know, just get it right to pick it up just so. Oh, All right, we, we are distracting here. All <laughs> right, we're, as we talk about teens and sleep here on the session, 
Uh, we need to wrap this up kind of quick here, Tom. Some okay. tips from Focus on the Family, kind of quick fire here. Oh, okay. So help your teen establish regular time for bed and getting up. When he uh, deviates from his normal schedule, he should avoid delaying t- bedtime by more than an hour and waking more than two hours later when he deviates. It's like on a weekend or a spring break. A two-hour change is, is significant. And that goes back to what Dr. Campbell was talking about in his study, that it seemed like if, if a teenager deviated their schedule by like that two-hour window, right? that's what messed with their rhythm, and that's what led to the sleepiness yeah, and the sleep issues that they noted in their study. And the poor sleep hygiene. Right. So help your, your teen determine how much sleep he can actually needs in order to feel refreshed and ready to start the day. Those are two keys, refreshed and ready to start the day. That does not include having the alarm go off four times and having to throw cold water on them to get their anatomies out of bed. That's yeah, we're not talking about that. You, you sound you're saying that like a dad who had experience. <laughs> yeah, or a lot of clients who I talked to and listened to as they had that problem too. Yeah, that's right. So getting into bright light, I thought this was really good. It, getting into bright light helps your brain turn on faster. Well, what a brilliant idea. It's also annoying. <laughs> My wife does it. <laughs> when she gets up first, she turns that light on. I'm like, oh, oh, covers it, come up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and trying to go to sleep at night, sometimes my wife will say, are you done with Facebook yet? <laughs> because of the light on the phone is enough. It's too bright. Yeah. Yeah. How about once your teen knows his body's rhythm, he should try to adjust his schedule so that he is engaged in activities that are best suited for his level of alertness. In other words, he shouldn't drive or attend lectures when he tends to be too sleepy. If we can help them own their life, but they have to own their life in a way that's safety, healthy, and successful. And then you can celebrate. celebrate. We got it in there. (laughs) All right. Better late than never. Discourage the consumption of caffeine in the afternoon. If oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. There's a, every teenager on the planet has got either a, a, a an energy drink, a caffeine drink, or Mountain Dew in their hands. Right, yeah. All hours of the day and night. Without question. And it probably kicks in, and that probably helps them stay up later, too. Absolutely. And the rhythms get off again. How, well, this is a, a no-brainer. How about... The television, computers, and mobile devices out of your teen's bedroom. Oh, boy. Now, them's fighting words. <laughs> yeah, there is. As best as we can, taking care of that before they get it, meaning they're in the discussion about a TV in their rooms. Isn't it interesting that there's a correlation here? This might make sense. We want our children to be part of the society inside our house, in the family, being out in the living room, the family room, the great room, and being part of the family. And we get them a television for their bedroom. Now, where can we not get them out of? And when it comes comes time for consequences and you say, go to your room, they're like, all righty. Yes. I was hoping that was happening just in time for my show. Yeah. yeah I got the, got the PS5 in there. That's no problem. Yeah. All so, right. So encourage your teen to relax and avoid stimulating activities before going to bed. Like TV. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or fighting with your sibling. No, that too. <laughs> so, and finally, Scott, examine your own sleep habits and try to set a good example. 
Do you burn the candle at both ends and then fight drowsiness much of the time? If so, make whatever changes are necessary to model the healthy sleepy patterns you want your kids to do. Wow. We've talked, how many times have we talked about on this program, the idea of they don't always take in what you say, they see what you do. And that's what they learn from. And that's what they imitate. Yes. That's so huge. Absolutely. All right. So there you have it. Teens and sleep schedules to get ready for the school year here on the session. And Tom, if there's a family that maybe needs some help. Uh, getting those sleep things down, or you, you maybe there is counseling about sleep disorders. We didn't even get into sleep disorders because there right. are there. How can they get with you to start a conversation? And Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.